Teaching Ministry of Pastor Taiwo Udukoya, the Senior Pastor of the Founding of Life Church. It is our prayer that the message you're about to hear will no doubt shapen your destiny in Christ. Be blessed as you listen. My opening scripture today is Hebrews 12, from verse 18. This subsection here has for title in my Bible, The Glorious Company. Hebrews 12, 18. For you have not come to the mountain that may be touched and that burned with fire and to blackness and darkness and tempest and the sound of a trumpet and the voice of words so that those who heard it begged that the word should not be spoken to them anymore. For they could not endure what was commanded. And if so much as a beast touches the mountain, it shall be stoned or shot with an arrow. And so terrifying was the sight that Moses said, I am exceedingly afraid and trembling. But you have come to Mount Zion and to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, to an innumerable company of angels, to the general assembly and the church of the firstborn who are registered in heaven, to God the judge of all, to the spirits of just men made perfect, to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, and to the blood of sprinkling that speaks better things than that of Abel. Praise the Lord. So if I ask you outrightly that what do you get from this scripture that I just read, what will readily come to mind? Okay, I want you to look at it broadly and just what, what's happening here in the passage from 18 to 24. So this scripture is comparing two things. Why will they compare two things? They are not the same. And why will they compare? Because we will always make the mistake that they are the same. So it's a comparison. It's true. It's the covenant. We're comparing one covenant with another. Hello. Now, let me move a little further. Whether in the first or the second, you are coming to a mountain. You have come to a mountain. Whether it's the first or second. So one is Mount Sinai. And it defines a covenant. The other is Mount Zion. And it defines a covenant. At a time, the covenant children of God who only identify with God through Mount Sinai. But God had fulfilled all the requirements of Mount Sinai and he has progressed to Mount Zion. Without fulfilling the covenant requirements of Mount Sinai, Zion will never take place. Is somebody hearing me? So where in time are we today? Mount Zion. And that's why he says, but you have come to Mount Zion, not to Mount Sinai. 
Now, what was it that characterized Mount Sinai? No, apart from the fact that it's yeah, West Mount, what would you say is the main character of those who come to Mount Sinai? Fear! Malabo Shatababa. Praise the Lord. Is somebody hearing me? We give God the glory. So what is the main quality, the main character of Mount Sinai? Fear. That even the minister said, I'm greatly terrified and I'm afraid. So what do you expect of the followers? Praise the Lord. Contrary, what about Manziah? What do you see there? We see boldness, yeah. We see, we see comfort. We see a level of confidence that you can never see a trace of in Mount Sinai. And so when we don't understand, we will expect or we'll rather expect ourselves and people will expect us to live in Mount Zion like we're in Mount Sinai. And that explains why we don't get results. And that's why the writer will say, wait a minute, the whole of Hebrew is explaining covenants. But you have come to Mount Zion and then listed a lot of things. So what's the one thing which is the most impressive of the resources of Mount Zion that brings about the difference in Zion and those in Sinai? What would you say is it from what you've read? Jesus is there now. Why do you say the blood of Jesus? Why don't you say Jesus? Jesus is there. Look at it. Can you, did you see what I mean? I'm talking Jesus. Jesus is there. I will have expected I say, Jesus. And you have been right. But honest is the blood of Jesus. And then have you ever asked yourself the question, why would the blood be listed different from Jesus? It is his blood. So, concluding, my side, and that's what I'm to flog this morning, what makes the difference? What delivers you? What translates you? from fear to a child with a right and confidence is the blood. And he didn't just say the blood, he said the blood of sprinkling. It is the blood. Check it again. The blood is brought out. You have come to the enormous company of angels, to God the Father, spirits of just men made righteous, to Jesus, and to the blood of the sprinkling. Glory be to God in the highest. I say glory be to God in the highest. And why are you talking this way? Because this is how I fight my battles. So in Mount Sinai, fear, trembling, it's not the status of children as it were. It is the status of slaves. In Mount Zion, you are children. How will you feel if your child is afraid of eating at home, of drinking, of enjoying all the privileges of the home? You will know that it's not so much the child, you have a problem. 
And so the blood is what I want to talk about. It made the difference. You have come to the heavenly Jerusalem. What makes this place heavenly Jerusalem? The blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus. What differentiates this place from this? The blood of Jesus. The blood of sprinkling. So what makes the difference between those who really are living the life of victory in Christ based on the finished work and those who, though they are Christians, but we can't see the evidence. It is lack of understanding of what they have. You have come. The blood is available for you. You see, I was meditating on this and... I was reminded of 1 Corinthians chapter 11. Jesus, Paul was quoting Jesus on the night that he was betrayed. They sat at table and they took the bread and the wine. And he said, you should do these things often. And as often as you do it, why do I want to do it often? So that you will always remember me. How? You remember me in the bread and the wine. You remember me in my flesh that was broken and in my blood that was poured forth. Your ability to constantly remember what has made the difference in your life will always actualize that difference in your life. Even Jesus says, look, you may forget everything. Don't forget my broken body and my blood. Paul says, that's why it is tagged the cup of blessing. So somebody can rise out of this place today into blessing. Not because it has always not been there, but because you've not always known as to access and appropriate it. That's all. Because the one tool that the devil uses more than anything is fear. Somebody wrote, said the best things of your life are on the other side of fear. You must cross over to get it. The very best thing of, of things of your life. It does not matter where you are today. It does not matter how put down. It does not matter how much of a failure the past had accrued to you. I said the best things of your life, still in your future, they are on the other side of fear. But see what we just learned. The one, the one tool that God has made available for you that has delivered you from fear and the reminder and appropriation of which will always see you through victoriously is the blood. So what are you saying? I say I'm confident that as many as are sitting here today or following the service across the world, as many as are doing that, there will be miracles in the name of Jesus. They say, why are you so sure? Because, hey, 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 the most important is to plant the seed in your life. Jesus has come and gone in the physical, but he, look, he left something of a legacy. My flesh and my blood. We have even lost it so much that communion now is a ritual. But that's your major tool of deliverance. Remember in the book of 1 John? He said, perfect love cast us what? Come on, talk to me. Perfect love, cast out what? Perfect love, cast out what? But really, what is the, what's the capstone of the love of God? 
If you're going to look for one thing, they say, at the highest point. Can you see how blood is important? Blood scares people, scares devils. But for those who know that this blood is for me, it's your key to be a different. So perfect love casts out what fear. Why? Because fear has torment. So on the other side, their life was a life of torment. When you see an animal coming near, when you get near the mountain, fire on top of the mountain, everybody was shaking. And when God told my children, they look for where to fall. But when God talks in the New Testament, we are lying down in his presence. If you don't know that, do you know that Christians have lived all their life, they never came to this realization? And the devil takes advantage of us in different areas because we don't know this. There are certain things that you must know. In fact, everything you must know for yourself. But that's not to say that you shouldn't come for counsel. In the month of counsel, there is safety. And there's a place for elders laying our hands and rebuking. There's a place for the gifts of the Spirit, you know. But these, there are things you must know. So permit me then to say, which is true, every finished work of God through Christ, which of course is for you, is on the other side of fear. That's the truth. That's why some Christians were Christians and they lived all their lives pious, but they suffer lack in many areas for things that were theirs, which they never knew or access. And a lot of us Christians, we live our lives. We think we are pleasing God by shutting our door. We don't want to disturb anybody. Thank you, Jesus. If you don't know, you don't know. The beginning of your victory in life is knowledge. Here, Paul in Romans chapter 8, and we know that all things, you hear him always say, We know, we know, we know that nothing can, we know there are certain things you must know. When people speak in that area or converse with you in that area, it's confirming and agreeing with what it is you know that they know. When it's not, go back and check. Because you must know for yourself. For God so loved that he gave. Romans 8, I think further down, I think 32. If God would not spare his only begotten son, goodness me, what makes you think that God will withhold any good thing from you? Now, it's pretty easy for us to believe that he died for my sin, so I'm sick, I'm born again. We're so bold with that, and that's good. But what are the qualities of being born again? Are we bold to walk in the rights of being born again? That's the question. You talk of perfect of casting out fear. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 2 verse 4, it says, 
and God, where he has loved us with an everlasting love. This love is everlasting. It permanently casts away fears. So in other words, what you are not, which you should be, is a misnomer. What I'm saying is this, what you are going through is not expected of you. Now, I'm not judging you, I hope you understand. It's not expected of me what I'm going through because there is an answer already in place. And that's why the Holy Ghost will teach me and reveal everything that is his and which he has done to me. And when I come to terms with that, I will walk boldly in the light of what I have. Like anything in life, it may start slowly. But you grow. That's why you didn't become an engineer the first day you went to school. Neither did you become a doctor or a lawyer. Cumulatively, you improved and improved and improved and improved until BAM! Glory be to God in the highest. Is somebody hearing me? Glory be to God in the highest. Now hear Paul talking to Timothy, young man in ministry. 2 Timothy 1.7. Oh, that's 2 Timothy from chapter 1. He said, look, look, look. I know you are a proper person. You are anointed. You are specially called for this. But Timothy, I know something. What do you know? The faith that you have is the faith that can upturn anywhere. Say, how do you know? I first discern it in your grandmother and then in your mother. You carry the same grace, Timothy. But Timothy, I know you have gone through a lot. Timothy, I can't see, see, see. I'm mindful of your tears. The kind of thing you can't share with anybody. The, the secret tears. The long time weeping. But Timothy, God has not given you the spirit of fear. Timothy, the reason you are imprisoned by all this is fear. So be yourself. And that's why linking the two, Ephesians 1, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God to the saints who are in Ephesus and faithful in Christ Jesus. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Who has what? Who has what? With some. See, what we are just saying is a cliche to many. But this is the truth. And the day you come to terms with Father, is the truth, you will begin to push to manifest that truth in your life. And that push is what the devil hates. He will throw everything at your part to stop you. But because you are determined to actualize this truth in your life, you will. And one tool he will use more effective than anything is to accuse you. If there's nothing, he will say, you, we know your history. That's all you know. But you forget that if any man be in Christ, it's a new creation. History is totally irrelevant. It's of no significance. In Christ, history, my history is insignificant. All things have become new. So, devil, you can sum us all ten times in my history. That's your problem. I'm moving forward. As a matter of fact, the person you are attacking there is not me. That one is dead. 
and you are a master of the dead, so stay there. I am alive. I am living. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells inside of me, and I am ever moving forward. So he will accuse you and accuse you. And if you let the accusation stay, guilt will take over. Then you'll be afraid to even to come near anything that God has done. You say, really? Uh-uh. Fear was never on earth until the fall. Until the fall. So I'm blessed. In every area, I'm blessed. Even in the area where I'm seemingly struggling, I know I am blessed. In the name of Jesus, I am blessed. Hallelujah. I am blessed. Why? Because Christ has done it. Because he's done it. In Christ Jesus, for just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him, where? In love. Everything on Zion is love. Go on. Having predestined us into adoption as sons by Jesus Christ, on the other side, slaves. We are sons. And that's why Christianity is the only permit me religion because it's a way of life. Not, it's not so much religion, but for the, for the categorization here on earth, it's the only religion where the faithfuls are sons of God. Honest. It's the only one. I'm not joking. Tell me another one. None! You are a son. I'm a son. I have a right in the kingdom. Every other one, they are slaves of God. They are slaves. Being predestined to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, by which he made us accepted in the beloved. It's all love, 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 love. The day you believe that love, so, seven, in him we have what? Come on, how? Why redemption? That's the crossover from the life that used to be to your new status. It is in him I do that. But how do I acquire that in him? It is through what? The blood. Come on, somebody hearing me. So because of the blood and through the blood, I am blessed. It's not subjected to any analysis of man or argument. No, 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 no. It is the blood. And that's why it says that you have come unto the blood of the sprinkling. You remember the children of Israel? Good. You remember perpetually they were slaves. They were conceived in slavery. They were born in slavery. They knew nothing else other than being slaves. Yep. Praise the Lord. I say praise the Lord. So the person conceived and born in slavery and nurtured in slavery what do you expect? He will live like a slave. He doesn't know any other life. But God, that they made them for slavery, knew who they were. And God will always call you by who he has made you to be. Regardless of what has befallen you in life or what you are going through. 
And so now you remember the story of Moses now trying to, because he had, he had a premonition or designing of who God has made him to be, but he moved before his time, he fell, and then he escaped. And the moment he realized that they knew that he killed somebody, the bold and confident and much loved and much favored Moses became fearful. And when fear took over, Moses fled. Fear will always cause you to flee. In the garden, the people that would come and enjoy with God fled. When God came, that's fear. That's why Mount Sinai, they will always flee. Mount Zion, they will always come for embrace. Glory be to God in the highest. Can you now see that God will never abandon you, will never leave you? He's waiting and cheering up. So come on, can't you see? And that the justness of God is such that he will, not bend to, he will not come to die a second time. But he wants you to see what he has done. And so God now was talking to Moses. Exodus chapter 12, verse 1. And he was saying to Moses, now you go do this. And Moses told God, man, this will be a very serious task. This is a near impossibility. Moses was saying that because he was afraid. He knew what he had done. Though it's been 40 years, he wouldn't know what people have known and what they don't know. So he thought, no, it was a fugitive now. He was running. So God said, no, you will go. Then he brought all kinds of complaints. Fear is the reason for excuses all the time. You always look for an excuse not to take the first step. But I thank God because I'm always talking to people who are not fearful at all. They will do what they must do by the help of the Holy Spirit to get what they must get and to get to where they must get to in life in the name of Jesus. We have that confidence in Christ Jesus. So God, when he said, I can't talk, he said, you can't talk. Okay. He forgot that God will make him talk. God said, okay, fine. Let me see you at the place, the place of your, the level of your faith. Why would you be telling God, I can't talk? When he made you and you know. Say, okay, fine. Let's stay at the level of you can't talk. Read on. Follow him. But Moses, I'm sure Moses will be suggesting, why don't you just send Aaron? No, no, no. The calling is not for Aaron. It's for you, Moses. You are the one for whom I died. You are the one who has come, who has got into a place where now you know you are redeemed by the blood, washed by the water of regeneration. You are the one who is born again. You are the one. You are the one for whom I've done all this. You are the one that will appropriate them in your life. You can appreciate the one on me, but what about you? Okay. And so invariably, he had to go. First, he said, go tell them that I've come to deliver them. He said, wow, what if they don't believe me? By the time God said to that, I said, tell them I am that I am. <laughs> but I said, then it was now Pharaoh. So he said, go to Pharaoh. Remember the first plague or the first sign? And then after that, he returned. God came back. I said, go back to Pharaoh. The second sign. Come on, somebody here with me. Then he returned. God said, go back. The third sign, the fourth sign, the fifth sign, the sixth sign. Oh, of increasing intensity. You know what one commentator said? He said, with every sign, God was proving his sovereignty to Pharaoh and on earth. I'm higher and above anything you can think of. And yet God will tell Moses behind, say, I had in his heart. I want to show myself strong. Say, I want to prove myself to him. So I had in his heart. Amazing God. I think that's stubborn, Pharaoh. God said, I made him stubborn. So I can prove my power. 
Don't think your, your, your detractors are that strong. God is giving them more time to repent because he will soon prove his power. I'm not joking. To be honest, I'm not joking. Provided you know who you are in the name of Jesus. See, that, see God has patterns. He has the way he does what he does. Five, fifty, six, seven, eight, boom. Well, on the tenth one. Let me tell you where it starts from. Can we go to chapter 11, first of all, verses, from verse 1? Exodus 11. And the Lord said to Moses, I will bring one more plague on Pharaoh and on Egypt. Everybody say, one more. Whoa. Come on, this is God talking. Everybody shout, one more. One more. <laughs> See, there are lessons to learn here. God never gives up. You are a child of God. You have his nature. You have his ability. You have his life. You have his spirit. You are not one to give up. He went until there were ten. What's ten? Perfect number. That is, God will not give up until he breaks you. So he says, um, I will bring one more plague on Pharaoh and on Egypt. Hear this. Afterward, what will happen? He will let you go. Can you see the confidence? Oh, well, no fully whether he was one hardening, so he will reduce the hardening. No, no, he, he will get to a place where Pharaoh will beg. Afterward, he will let you go from here. And when he lets you go, he will be driving you out. The same one that says you aren't going anywhere. He'll be the one chasing you. Please go, go. All those who are looking for you to afflict, they will run in terror from you. In the name of Jesus, your fear will paralyze your enemies and your detractors in the name of Jesus. You are a covenant child of God. You are where you are through the blood of the everlasting covenant. Woohoo, I feel the fire. I feel it strongly. One more. He will let you go. He will chase you out. But before then, let me read a little more. Just watch this. Speak now in the hearing of the people. And let every man ask from his neighbor. And every woman from her neighbor, articles of silver. God says, I have one more. And shall we prepare for that one more? Because you are going to go. You are going to be set free. You are going to be let loose. I won't want you to be caught unprepared. You know what? Go, tell them. Every man, go borrow. Hey, every woman, go, go ahead. Because I have one more. And by the time I unleash that one more, everything stolen from you will be restored hundredfold. In the name of Jesus, I'm preparing for the. See, 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 see. God walks by faith. God walks his own faith towards his goal. He doesn't have to. He said, I have one more, and he will let them go. So now you go. So start preparing for that one more. And the Lord gave the people what? Favor. Come on, church. Are you here with me? I can't I can hear you. I can't hear you. 
I can't feel excitement at all. See, they were yet to let go. He was yet to unleash the one more. But he's saying, go borrow, go borrow, go borrow. And he's now decking them with favor, 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 favor. But he was yet to unleash the one more. I don't care where the devil has slapped you this year. I don't care where he has given you stored or he slided you down. This year! Everything created to glorify the God himself. In the name of Jesus! I know what I'm talking about. I said this year, in the name of Jesus. Now, so much for that. God will give them from the sight of the Egyptians and moreover the man Moses was great in the land of Egypt in the sight of Pharaoh's servant and in the sight of the people. Go to now 12. Watch this. So what was this one more that God was so confident of? Now the Lord spoke to Moses and to Aaron in the land of Egypt saying, this month shall be... He's so confident. He said your life will change from now. Why? On account of this one more. See, and scripture supports this. If any man be in Christ, is a new creation. I know you are in Christ. But we are talking of a revelation of the truth of who you are. Every time you have a revelation, is the beginning of a revolution. Your life will be revolutionized. I promise you in the name of Jesus. Somebody shout the blood of Jesus. This is not play. If this is not true, please throw away your Bible. Go and look for another God. Did you hear me? I say boldly before heaven and hell. If this is not true, throw away your Bible. The basis of your salvation, the basis of your victory, the basis of your eternal future is the blood of Jesus. Somebody shout the blood of Jesus. Shout it again. Shout it again. Some people say, no, there's nothing about talking the blood. What do you mean? Why would the Bible enlist the blood as one of the men? What are you talking about? This one shall be your beginning of month. It shall be the first month of the year to you. Speak to all the congregation of Israel on the 10th day. Okay, okay, okay. Now, what did he introduce? Blood. There a lamb. And you slaughter it. Glory be to God in the highest. Seven says, and they shall take some of the blood. Verse seven. They shall take some of the blood and put it where? On the two posts and on the lintel. So what, what it means is that you put it there, there, there. The sign of the cross. Oh yeah. Blood gushing from his head and from his hand. The sign of the cross. We know there are many more areas. The sign of the cross. On the cross, you know, like that, like that. Hey, hey. The sign of the cross. And let me just go, because of time, I will just leave it and go. And it now says, hey, because I will visit the land. I am coming in a judgment. Anytime God is intervening in your situation, he's coming, for, he's coming to judge the situation. I'm not joking. Hear my cry, oh Lord. I tell you to my... Then God says, hey! When he says, hey, 
You are the one crying. He's going after those who are putting you there. It's always a judgment when he comes. He will set free. How? By judging the medium and the people and the spirits responsible. He calls a man of war. Say, I will pass through the land and I will judge everyone who is under or behind the blood, under the blood, I will pass over. But anyone outside, I will slash through. Because I'm coming for you. Stay under the blood. By the time I pass through, the power that I've held you for years will be no more. My definition of freedom is to silence your detractors, silence your torturers, silence your oppressors. That's my own definition of freedom, of intervention. Oh, So he said, anyone there, say my angel will pass through. He said, you hear weeping and wailing in every home. But anyone behind or under this blood, I will pass over. He didn't stop there. He said, and this will be a memorial for you. It will become your anniversary on an annual basis. Why? Because you will remember every year that it's by the blood. Oh, the blood of Jesus. Oh, the blood of Jesus. Oh, the blood of Jesus. It washes white as. Quickly. Now, see what happened. They went to bed one night as slaves. But because of the one more, they woke up as kings. On the other side of revelation is victory. It's access. The Bible says, therefore, come what? Boldly to the throne of grace. That you may obtain what? And find grace in the time of need. You need boldness where fear has been dealt with. Come on. Look at Ephesians chapter 3, I think verse 11. It says, through whom we have what? Boldness with access. It's a new and living way. And it's through the blood, through the veil and through the blood of Jesus. I feel the fire again. Any sickness in your body, I rebuke in the name of Jesus. Because by his stripes, you are here. You understand what that means? He was beaten, his body was broken, blood came out. And that he was using to pay for every sickness and affliction in your body. So the first thing was, was the blood, new beginning. New beginning. You say, yeah, the day I go born again, I become new. Yes, and every day you have a revelation, a newness. And what God is always renewing, 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 renew. I speak a new beginning over your life. Yeah. In all your situation in Jesus. Number two, it was deliverance. The blood. Is, ah, when I apply the blood, I'm talking deliverance. I'm talking protection, number one, because it will pass over me. Number two, deliverance. Because when everybody is being afflicted, I won't be afflicted. And it will deliver me from the state of sickness, the state of down, the state of slavery, into uh, translation from kingdom of darkness to kingdom of his dear son. Deliverance. Number three, they went to bed with nothing to their name on earth. 
nothing. They had no right whatsoever, not even to their own life. Their masters could kill them at any time. That was so much the liberty of slaves. Liberty of slaves that you have no liberty at all. You are like an animal. You are a property. You are your owner's own. They went to bed in that status. They woke up the following day. They owned everything. Psalm 105, verse 37 said, what? Said they went out. How? With great, what? Psalm 105, 37. I want you to read yourself. To let you know what your right is. We also brought them out with what? Come on, help me, help me. With what? With what? With what? And there was what? Does that deal with all your sicknesses? Does that deal with every poverty situation? I decree over your life. The least you can ever be in your life is where you are. I say from today, increase in the name of Jesus. I say get healed in your body in the name of Jesus. He says, I wish above all things that you prosper and be in good health even as your soul prospers. I decree that you begin to walk in the light of your possession in the name of Jesus. Can you see what the blood signifies? See what it means? I close with this. And I want to talk about pleading the blood of Jesus. Sit down. I do it a lot. When things get to a head, and I've prayed, I've fasted, I've, and I can't sleep, I sleep with I plead the blood of Jesus. The more I remember, I plead the blood of Jesus. The more I remember, I say, the blood of Jesus fights for me. This is the greatest ritual. It's the once and everlasting sacrifice. There's nothing you are bringing against me that will supersede this one. The only thing you are trying to do is to make me lose faith in what I have. I refuse. I have a superior sacrifice. The blood of Jesus. So I'm pleading the blood of Jesus. I'm pleading the blood of Jesus. And every time I plead the blood of Jesus, I am reminded, I remember that his blood availed for me. I am following that very instruction that says, remember me. And when it gets to a head, I get up and I break bread. I don't need to wait for the welfare in church. I pinch, a, I pinch some, some loaf of bread somewhere in the home. If I don't have and I have yam, uh-uh. I pinch yam and I hold it. I say, ah, in the name of Jesus, his body was broken for me. His blood was shed for me. The blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus. You say, why do you do that? The Bible says, you can, it says without faith you cannot please God. Why? Come on, Hebrews 13, 20. Everything that God has done for you to walk, to please God, is to walk and believe in for everything he's done for you. That's the prison, man. The prison is to know that by stripes you are healed. The prison is to know that, hey, he's your provider. The prison is to know that he has delivered you from the kingdom of darkness. The prison is to trust him for who he is and what he has done. If you can't do that, you don't please him. And that's why we only please him when we walk by faith. And so, look at 13, 20. Walking onto all pleasing is through the blood of the everlasting covenant. And Romans chapter 10 tells me if I have faith, I will believe with my heart. If I believe my heart, I will declare with my mouth. And that's what I do. I won't kill Ram today to put, but I believe in the blood of Jesus. How do I apply the blood? I plead the blood of Jesus. Shall we rise? For the next few minutes, I want the blood to work for someone. I want someone who says, I have understanding to begin to plead the blood of Jesus. Just begin to plead the blood of Jesus. 
Oh, begin to. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. If you have something, if you have something that you want to pass, you want to cross over. If you want something that you, have, you want to overcome in your life, uh, I don't care what it is. Uh, please uh, don't subject anybody to reasoning. I say whatever it is, uh, begin to plead the blood of Jesus. Begin to plead the blood of Jesus. We know that you have been tremendously blessed by this message. For additional information and materials from Pastor Taiwo Odukoya, please contact us at the Founding of Life Church, 12 Industrial Estate Road by PZ Industries of Town Planning Way in Lupeju, Lagos. P.O. Box 698, Shemolu, Lagos. Visit our website at www.tfolc.org. Thank you and God bless you.